You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. We are kicking off another hour of our Super Bowl Radio Row compilation episode of the Tim Donnelly Show here on a Thursday. And this one's one of my favorite, one of my favorite conversations from the entire week. It's former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. A lot of insight here, so don't miss it. Coming up right now. Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, also the host of the GM Shuffle Pod. Uh, Michael, first of all, thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate being here. Uh, I saw recently on, on your Twitter, you mentioned Nick Sirianni's path from that opening press conference yeah. being the butt of essentially a ton of jokes. Right, and, yeah. And now he's the confident guy nodding into slow motion cameras going into the, the Super Bowl. How the heck did he make that transition? You know, I, I, we wrote about. I also do besides stuff on Vsin and DraftKings. I, I write this. We write this thing called the Daily Coach, which is a leadership blog. It's a Daily underscore Coach, George Raveling and myself. Mm-hmm. We started it, and what we talked about today about Seriani is how you learn from your mistakes and how you learn that everything is a story. How you tell a story is really important. And in that press conference, he didn't tell his story. He kind of got too caught up in the moment. And since then, he's recovered really well. And I think the organization has done a great job of helping him, you know, and give him credit for developing this six-back offense that he's developed. It, it, it is a really interesting offense, and that offensive line obviously has a lot to do with it. What makes those guys so special? Well, they play together, and they're all good. You know, I mean, they put their resources. One of the things I, I early in my career, I worked for the Eagles, and Jeff Lurie, the owner of the team, has always been a guy that believed in offensive line play, and he's always been a guy that's put his money where his mouth is. And so, you know, they draft Lane Johnson, the third pick overall in the draft. They, you know, they they, they Dillard the. They draft him in the first round, and Mulata breeds him out as a seventh rounder. So they, they've done that. Kelsey, they found Howard Mudd, the former line coach, was able to develop him. And then they put, you know, draft guys in the second round. They spend money on it, too. It's important. You know, everybody gets caught up in wanting to draft receivers, but the reality of it is, is what wins is the, uh, the offensive and defensive fronts. Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, host of the GM Shuffle Pod, joining us here in the Pitbulls back when more guest chair uh, and then you can trade for the wide receiver well what has aj brown done to that that yeah. offense and what has he done for jalen hurts well you know the number one thing he does is since they're a running team he blocks he's physical mm-hmm. so he's hard to you know you gotta you're gonna have to go pl- be a man and go up against him like he's not he's a man he's and, a big guy and, and yeah. he's gonna knock you on your butt so and then he's then he's one of the best yards after the catch receivers in football so he's able to you know catch a short pass catch a slant and then run with it. And I think they've done a really good job. You know, quarterbacks are like baseball stadiums, right? You've got to be able to build your team around the strengths of the quarterback. Well, Hurts can throw the ball deep, and he's good at throwing it short to let the guys run with it. And that's what, that's what A.J. does both those things really well. I, I have to, to point out, you were just speaking with your hands a little bit, and, and I saw the, the Super Bowl ring Yeah. Uh, during your time with the Patriots. Uh, obviously there when, when Brady was thriving, and, and you talk about telling stories, his, his story on the field coming to a close here. Why yeah. was not now the right time, or it, was it the right time for Brady to retire? Well, I mean, look, I think in fairness, you know, he could still throw the ball well, so that didn't get him. Courage, he's still strong, he's still competitive, that didn't get him. He didn't have a debilitating injury like most quarterbacks' career ends. Dan Marino with Achilles, Sonny Jurgensen, you know, with the Washington team. What killed him, what got him is family, right? I mean, he's got to be able to get his life back in order. He's a, he's a single parent now, and he wants to spend time around his children. His kids are growing up in Miami, you know, and so I think that's why he put off the Fox gig until 2024. I think he needs to 
to kind of reacclimate himself to civilian life, if you will. You know, I've often said that when you're in that Belichick system, you become institutionalized. You're kind of <laughs> focused on just that. And now you got to go back and do something else. Did, did you get that, that submarine effect when you were working with the Patriots where it was almost like well, you, I, you went I, under and cut off contact? I go back with Bill to 1991 together. Mm-hmm. So we started together in Cleveland. So, you know, I, I kind of like that life. <laughs> I, it's the only life I can live, actually, to be honest with you. I, I, I always say I'm like uh, – I'm very similar to Brooks from Shawshank. Once I get out of there, <laughs> I, I can't Brooks function here, very well. Right? Yeah, that, I'm going to hang myself, too. <laughs> yeah, just like Brooks was here. Michael Lombardi joining us here, host of the Lombardi line on VEASAN, in addition to the GM Shuffle Pod. Uh, another thing I saw on your Twitter, and it's a line that I absolutely love, quarterbacks that are quick-minded are better than quarterbacks that are quick-footed, yeah. which, which I think – encapsulates a lot of bigger conversations people are having about quarterbacks right now has has Jalen Hurts proved to you that he's quick-minded in addition to being quick-footed this season I think he's improved his quick-mindedness but I think give the Eagles a lot of credit for developing an offense which allows him to be quick-minded so when he is the main back when he's the runner the offense is all play action and you better adhere to it right so it's not a drop back pass game it's a play-action pass game, and when you run play-action, you separate the defense. You hold the linebacker, so you're either throwing the ball here or you're throwing the ball there. You don't have to be quick-minded with that, right? When you're trying to run a drop-back scheme and you see this, the safety come the other way and you got to move, now you got to throw the ball back over here. So they've done a great job of building into his strengths and limiting his weaknesses. I've often said that your legs can buy you time so your brain can figure the rest out. Like yeah. your first couple years, if you're running, I'm fine, but eventually – I want you to, to figure the rest out. Does, does, has he shown you the things that would, would indicate he's going to figure the rest out? I think he's going to have to stay within this offense, which is not a knock on him at mm-hmm. all, but I think that's what suits him. There's very few humans that roam planet Earth that can see all the things that Brady saw, that see what, you know, in my new book coming out, Football Done Right, I talk about Peyton Manning in the book, and, and I equate Peyton Manning to Jason Bourne. You remember the scene in Jason Bourne <laughs> when he's in the coffee shop and he says, how do I know why that guy's left-handed? That, that's great quarter. They see everything, right? Yep. And I think that's the hard part. So, so you weren't surprised when he was arguing calls in the, the, the flag football Pro Bowl? No, of course not. He saw something. <laughs> he sees something that everybody else doesn't see. That You know, Bill Walsh used to tell me all the time that very few people can coach the quarterback and even fewer can evaluate him. But the people on planet, there's very few on planet Earth that can play it. Every quarterback, for the most part, has to be managed. That's not a knock on them. That's just kind of a reality. Mm -hmm. And there's very few that don't. We're talking with Michael Lombardi here on Radio Row live in Phoenix. He's joining us in the Pitbull Tobacco and More broadcast booth. Uh, How do you plan for guys like that? We just mentioned Bill Walsh. Obviously, Jerry Rice is there. He played until he was 100 years old. Brady, he plays until he's 100 years old. Do do you – plan for a guy like do you is there something about those types of players that you can say all right we can depend on him into his 40s when most players you need a contingency plan by 35 well you know in scouting you always have a a a date in your mind when a player's skill starts to deteriorate used to be 36 for quarterbacks that kind of has changed a little bit but I think you know being around the players how they take care of their bodies if they're going to extend their career you know, you could just see certain guys that don't work out in the offseason that show. Like, I give it Dar- Darrell Rivas, tremendous player, Hall of Fame talent. But he should have played longer, but he really wasn't as dedicated in the offseason as he needed to be. He always was a little heavy, kind of got away from the game. 
not a knock. I'm just saying that's just kind of, and you could see that as an executive, and you said, like, that's going to be a hard contract. Like, I can't give him another contract. So, so obviously not on the inside on this one, but I'm, I'm kind of, I think under the radar is that Travis Kelsey's 33, right? He's, right. The, he's the same age as, like, Des Bryant and Gronk and some of these guys that feel like a, a previous generation. Yeah. Is he someone you'd be worried about? No, because here's the thing with, I mean, I'm going to give you a secret. Travis Kelsey's not a tight end. <laughs> he's not a tight end, okay? He doesn't have any hand-to-hand Don't tell the Chiefs with, that. Tight no, ends they get paid know less. he's not a tight end. Everybody <laughs> in the league knows he's not a tight end. The media calls him a tight end, uh-huh. right? He's an elite wide receiver. That's what he is. He's an elite wide receiver. He doesn't have to go in there and block somebody and take somebody on at the point of attack. He's never in 70 protection where he's got to block the end, <laughs> right? He's always free release to block the support. He's always lined up outside as the number one receiver. He's a weapon. He's, so his body takes less. Now, he's great, mm-hmm. but he's not a tight end. Like, it's un, like if they franchised him the franchise designation for a tight end, it would be an injustice because he's not. He's a great receiver. I, just hearing you say that, it, you know, Brady gets so much credit for taking less, right? Everybody's always saying he's the quarterback that took less. Is that the secret sauce for the Chiefs? They have a number one wide receiver on a tight end salary? There's no doubt. Yeah, there's huh. no doubt. And their quarterback took a little less, too. True. Right, but here's where the cause and effect of that comes in. They're the worst special teams in all of football. Okay? All right. I'll give so it to you. why is that? Because they're playing a lot of young guys in the kicking game. And so because you play young guys in the kicking game, you, you are going to have bad kicking teams. And, and is that a trade-off? You, like, as a former executive, obviously you're willing you're to make gonna it? You're going to have to make that. You're going to have to adjust around it, you know, because what you have to do is what Philly's done. you got to get your team really good while your quarterback's on the rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And then when you pay him, you're going to you're gonna have to give up some stuff. You're not going to be able to bring Sue in and Linville Joe. You're going to be able to do some of the things you've done to kind of offset. You can't bring Brandon Graham back at his salary. You're going to have to give up things. But while you have them, that, that's one of the hard things that, you know, Cincinnati's got to make their team better now. You know, when you're a young team without a quarterback, your team's got to get good. It's Tim Donnelly on the Tim Donnelly Show. That was, again, one of my favorite conversations from Radio Row Week, uh, Michael Lombardi. More conversations from Radio Row Week that still apply to the offseason. Coming up next, you do not want to miss them. This next interview, part of our look back at Radio Row Day here on the Tim Donnelly Show, uh, needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyway. He's negotiated three-plus billion dollars worth of NFL contracts, He from, from Aikman's contract to Steve Young's contract to the man of the hour, Patrick Mahomes' contract. It's Lee Steinberg, legendary agent. He spoke with me in Phoenix. Here's that conversation. Lee, first of all, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, we were just having a conversation about uh, the, the news recently that Sean Payton won't allow Russell Wilson to have his guys in the, the facility. As an agent, has, has that sort of thing ever come up? I, I, we always kind of you know, fantasize about the big money negotiations, but do you negotiate maybe access for players like that? No, because you wouldn't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, it makes sense because you're – to get that, you would have to give something up, you're kind of saying? No, it's just that whoever the coach is is going to have his rules and standards, and then you just have to live up to them and, and deal with them. Sean Payton was the hottest coach this offseason. He was many different teams made offers on him, and part of what you get with him is he is very concerned with the culture what the mood is, how the players relate, what their sense is. And part of 
what's really been strong about him is the culture. So if his view is that's a diversion or uh, takes away from the culture there, that's what he's going to do. Lee Steinberg joining us here inside the Pitbull Tobacco and More broadcast booth. Over three billion contracts negotiated by by the man joining us right now, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Pat Mahomes, some of the best to ever do it. Uh, when it comes to those quarterback contracts, are will we see one tied to the cap anytime soon? Where where maybe the the total isn't a number per year, but a percentage of the cap per year? That's quite a clever concept. I'll have to use that. <laughs> um, and thank you. I'll make sure to attribute it to you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but that is what's happening anyway, which is that in the midst of a cratered uh, economy and a pandemic, mm-hmm. CBS and Fox went ahead and had a bid for TV rights to the NFL that was 83% higher wow. than the last co- contract, and we're in the first year of that. So revenue continues to exponentially rise. And that means that a salary zoo, that position, franchise quarterback, is so critical today. It's, it's the era of the franchise quarterback. And without that, someone you can build around for 10 to 12 years, someone you can win because of rather than with, and someone who in critical circumstances can elevate their level of play, to take a team to and through victory. Without that player, it's hard to make it to the playoffs or um, the Super Bowl. So they're going to get increasing amounts of money. The top of the market now is $50 million a year for uh, Deshaun Watson, and it'll go higher. And, and this offseason, it seems like every offseason there's a couple – you know, the, 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 the way it's always said is it doesn't necessarily have to be the best. It has to be the next for, for those market-setting deals. Uh, this offseason, there's the Burroughs and the Herberts. Do you expect that to go even higher? Absolutely, because the next person up, um, well, first let's start with the fact you have to make a delineation between um, regular starting quarterback, <laughs> good starting quarterback, and those franchise types. So, and... Justin Herbert and uh, Joe Burrow are both franchise quarterbacks. You take them off the team, they'd be vastly less productive. So they're both going to get record-breaking contracts. It's just how it'll be structured. The challenge is to construct that contract in a way that allows the player to have a great supporting cast around him because... It inures to the benefit of the player to be a winning team, to go to the Super Bowl. Nobody's a bigger beneficiary of that than the quarterback. Lee Steinberg joining us here on the Tim Donnelly Show live from Radio Row, sitting in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. Uh, Lee, the, the, the big debate, or maybe not the big debate, but one of the things every time these quarterbacks come up for a deal is – do you want to go kind of Dak Prescott and get another bite at the apple when you're 29, 30 years old, shorter term, or the <laughs> Mahomes-Allen deals, which which tie you much longer? Uh, how do you and, and your clients come to the the d- decision on which one you're going for or which one best, best suits your client? Remember that under the cap, a contract can be renegotiated every year. So longevity really 
doesn't matter because if a quarterback were to become really undersalaried um, and he was very productive, a team would take care of it. They would go ahead and do a new contract extension. You're able to do a new contract extension every single year. So um, the one, with the exception of what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson, which is just an exception to the rule. These contracts for these types of players are normally done smoothly, easily, behind the scenes. Both parties get a benefit from continuing to extend the player. Since you bring it up, how unusual is it, or what is it like for you from from your position where you've negotiated so many of these quarterback deals to see what's going on with Lamar Jackson and the mystery that surrounds it? Never seen anything quite like it because you've got a player who was MVP of the league. You have a team happy with him. You have a player who seemingly is happy and where he is. Those situations you wouldn't even know um, that the contract negotiation was going on in general. They'd be just be sitting at a table announcing a new contract. <laughs> and the fact that it hasn't happened, um, and a player's actually a free agent, I mean, that I've never seen that happen before. Is it almost like when things don't add up, you, there, you, There's there's got to be something to the story that we're missing? Well, from the outside, I would guess that what Lamar Jackson asked for was Sean Watson's contract, which is fully guaranteed at $50 million. And I'm just speculating that Baltimore would have said that's an aberration and found a way to distinguish it, and that's probably where the problem is. That, that, that's the, the, the story or the, the situation, right? The Cleveland deal with Deshaun Watson is seen as an, an aberration to many. Why is that one an aberration? Meanwhile, when other quarterbacks sign gigantic deals, it's seen as market reset, and that's now what it costs. Meanwhile, that one is being written off as this other thing. You'd be a great agent because you're um, – <laughs> because that would be the exi- – I, I have a card around here somewhere, <laughs> That's exactly the point I would make, that, that you can't just – throw deals out of the market uh, because you don't like them and um, it um, they do set set the trends in other words what was it about that deal that was so unusual Um, well everything about it was unusual but the money I think is is something that gets tossed out when it, it could just be like I said a market resetting deal um, I want to get your take on this because coming from the agent standpoint, I'm sure this is uh, what teams get, give you often, which is the salary cap. Th- then sometimes you see a team like the Saints or the Rams operate for seemingly five years with, with the cap is like make-believe. How, how as an agent do you work with teams or, or, or how do you react when they try to say that like if you're the Saints right now and you're trying to negotiate a deal for Derek Carr if he's released and they're interested, meanwhile they're $60 million over the cap, do you take less to help the team? Like, what's the what's the move? When the cap came along in 1993, I took a very intelligent group of lawyers and I stuck them in a room, and they had to stay there till they found every uh, way around the cap. All the void they years, had, and all this kind exactly. of exactly. I did void years, void buyback, a whole series, right? Yep. And 
now it's a tougher cap. They don't have quite as many things, but you have to be creative. <laughs> you, <exploited> <laughs> you have to be creative in drafting around the uh, uh, cap. So you you have to find what those teams that you think are oblivious to the cap are just much smarter in terms of finding ways to do it. And the biggest way is big bonus because bonus counts amortized against the cap and salary counts completely against the cap for each year. So uh, it's continuing to roll over a contract, giving big bonus, spreading that out over time, and smaller salaries. Do you think, and this will be the final one before we let you go, and thank you for taking time. We're talking with legendary sports agent Lee Steinberg here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Do you think there is a, a point where the quarterback's, it, it's it's too much? Like, can you go too much to the quarterback and then the, the rest of the team suffers enough? Oh. And, and we're talking about the, the franchise quarterbacks you described earlier, the, the ones that are obvious top money? Uh, of course there comes a point at which um – it's a team game. I mean, you have to have players blocking <laughs> for you and the rest of it. So um, at the point you would sense that, you'd have to have a down-to-earth discussion with your quarterback client and and ask him what was more important to him, having X more dollars because they're all wealthy. And, and getting beat up every Sunday or, or winning. And, and losing, you know. Uh, but you sort of, because the benefit of being here in this game is that you enter the game as a quarterback that's a great football player. You exit the game as a household name. <laughs> and and we, we see that here. No, no, no week in location in the, in the world. Can you see how much uh, the name of a quarterback is, is meaningful then here on, on Radio Row? Lee, thank you very much for, for jumping on the show. My pleasure. How about that, everybody? It's the Tim Donnelly Show. That was our convo with Lee Steinberg from uh, from Radio Row Week leading up to the Super Bowl. I think there might have been a job interview in there if you listen, listen closely. He may have offered me a job as an agent. Uh, but don't worry. I'm turning it down. I'm going to stay as the host of the Tim Donnelly Show. I'm having too much fun, especially today listening to the, to the best of interviews from Radio Row and and again there'll be more so you don't go so you don't want to go anywhere stick around it's the Tim Donnelly show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 we're going to try to squeeze in the highlights from two of our best interviews from Radio Row into this segment so there's no time to waste it's Alex Singleton a member of the Denver Broncos Alex Singleton, fourth-year veteran, linebacker in the NFL, member of the Denver Broncos. Reaction to the Sean Payton trade? I mean, it's it's a, a coaching trade isn't something that happens every day. What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think it's huge. You know, I think uh, his pedigree speaks for itself. I, he's obviously going to bring a winning culture into Denver, so I'm excited for it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see any negatives from it. I, you know, I think he's going to, you know, be a good fit for Denver. Did it bother you at all that Russell Wilson had his own coach in the facility? See, people say that he, he didn't ever had a coach. I don't. Th- he had there it, was people, it, okay. but he didn't have a. coach. Did it bother you that he had people around him in the facility nah, that, I mean, that weren't wearing the team gear? Yeah, uh, I mean to be honest, I don't care. If we're going to win football games, have whoever you want in the building. Uh, it's you know, and it is what it is. You know, obviously, if we are fourteen and three this year, I don't know <laughs> if anyone knows about it or cares about it. So, then his coaches would be getting hired by other. You know teams. what I mean? So it's one of those things. You know, I just hope you know when the comeback happens and he does the exact opposite next year how's all the numbers go one way that he gets just as much love as as much hate as he's gotten this year because he i mean he deserves it. he's a great dude 
is it frustrating at all when, when you – I mean, the stat that went crazy viral was – 18 points, right? If your offense just scored 18 points every game, you, you would have been 11-1 and one or whatever mm-hmm. it was at, at, at the, the time. time. Uh, does that get frustrating at all for a defense? Does that does that eat away at you a little bit? Uh, I would say more like you're more like frustrated on Mondays. I don't think mm-hmm. you notice in the heat of it that, like, oh, this could have happened. Oh, we, 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 held if we did to, this. Because yeah. we had so many games where, I mean, we were winning 3-6 to six going <laughs> into the last drive, and the team would score. and. Mm-hmm. You know, if we stop them one more time, we win three to six. If we win a bunch of games three to six, nine to three, you know, no one cares. But the fact, you know, we lost some games where, you know, if we would have let teams, you know, kind of like Christmas where they scored 52 on us and it's like, okay, if that was happening all That's season. That's on me. Tap your, yeah, you know, your chest. <laughs> but if we were in so many games where if we just closed out one more drive, I think our record would have been better than it was. So. It wasn't just on them, you know, and that's why it's. I think the greatest team sport in the world is because of that. But yeah, I it, I think it, it just kind of sucked all around. <laughs> do, do you almost have to force yourself to think that way? Because right, the exact opposite is true as well. If we got one more stop, we would have won. But if they scored fourteen more, you would have you would have won also. Meaning your yeah. offense. And you know, people always say, you know, if you guys would have you know scored eighteen points, mm-hmm. you guys win. It's like well. There's so many situations, or during the season, you know, week three, or you know, the defense coach is like, "Hey, we just keep playing the way we're gonna do it. They're gonna figure it out." And because it's different, it's not like high school where we have guys playing both ways, and you're yeah. like, "I got this." You know, you you <laughs> can't do anything about it. So, we're you're just doing everything you can, and you know, we just continue to grind after it. Like, hey, because and it's the NFL. Like, like I said, you know, the curse. Like, we're gonna have a game where we suck too. So if we're gonna sit here and just sit there and just blame. The other mm-hmm. side of the ball all the time. I mean, it's going to come it's, back it's and fight dangerous. you, and yeah. it divides the locker room, and that's the last thing you want. Thank you once again to Alex Singleton. I'm Tim Donnelly, and that was our conversation with that current member of the Denver Broncos from uh, the week leading up to Super Bowl. A lot of interesting stuff about Russell Wilson. As I said at the top of this segment, we're going to try to squeeze in two interviews here into uh, this portion of the Tim Donnelly Show's Look Back at Radio Row. So coming up next, maybe the conversation that got the most off the rails. Trey Wingo, and he really did enjoy our Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. Uh, You'll get what I mean after you hear this combo. Trey Wingo, he's out here doing a ton of content with Caesars Sportsbook here in Phoenix. He's also the host of More Than Football, a Trey Wingo podcast. Trey, thanks for taking the time. Who are we sponsored by? Pitbull Tobacco and More, the guest Uh, chair. Yeah, absolutely. I feel very guesty (laughs) in this. Thank you very much. Uh, First question about the the podcast. Is it a Trey Wingo podcast? Is that like a a Quentin Tarantino film? Is that what you were going for? Sure. They're very similar. Uh, They usually have uh, Christoph Waltz and uh, Leo DiCaprio in them. No, it's it's, a... there's a bunch of them. Like, you know, I do some stuff for Pro Football Network, the More Than Football podcast. I do my Half Forgotten History podcast. But most importantly, I'm here with Caesar Sportsbook uh, to talk about the game and everything that's going on. So we got a lot going on. There, there is a lot going on. Uh, and, and speaking of a lot going on, there's also, a, I know you're a golf guy, there's a golf tournament yeah. in, in the area. By the way, the most appropriately named PGA Tour event ever, the Waste Management <laughs> Open, because everyone that goes there and sits at the 16 hole is completely wasted, and they have a massive issue managing it. Well, let, me, let me throw a, a would you rather at you. Would you rather be in contention PGA Tour event, 16th hole, or field goal, we'll, we'll call it a chip shot in the Super Bowl? Well, uh, I, I think I'd rather take the chippy field goal because at least I know they won't throw beer at me. 
Uh, you mentioned Pro Football Network, some of the stuff you have going on there. Uh, I, I have to admit, the, the mock draft tool, Yeah, I've spent some, some hours there. Yeah, it's a good tool. They do a good job with it. They I, really I, do. I work out to 27 first-round picks in future <laughs> drafts, and I didn't draft anyone in this year's. Uh, but, but if you're the Bears, top of the draft, there, there's a lot of rumors mo- movement yeah. going on. What are you doing with it? I'm, I'm trading the pick and riding with Justin Fields. I mean, like, look, the Bears' quarterback legacy goes Sid Luckman, <laughs> Bobby Douglas for a year, Jim McMahon for two and nothing. <laughs> you have a dude. Now, are there things that he needs to improve? Yes, but there are things that Jalen Hurts need to improve, mm-hmm. and look what happened. He worked hard and improved him, and oh, by the way, they got him weapons. You have the number one pick. It is a thirst trap for quarterbacks so often in the draft. Trade down, get as many picks as you can, and then start building around Justin Fields. Like, why would you want – Unless you're the Jets who do this every three years just because that's who they are, I don't understand why you would want to do that. It's the magic beans element of a draft pick. Yeah. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something special. Go with what you know as opposed to what you think. You brought up Jalen Hurts. What, what about him uh, made it possible for that jump you made, right? From, from draft day to today, we're yeah. just a couple years later, and now he's in the Super Bowl leading a team. Well, first of all, his DNA is a big part of it. Let's just be honest about that. I mean – this is a kid who won a national championship at Oklahoma, got, I mean, at Alabama, got benched for Tua Tonga-Vailoa, then leaves and becomes a completely different quarterback at Oklahoma, and then as a second-round draft pick, and people are like, why are you drafting him when you had Carson Wentz? <laughs> now you know! Uh, and I think this kid just understands what it takes to be a winner. And then you add A.J. Brown, which to me was the move of the offseason, uh, and suddenly you have a dynamic quarterback who can do a lot of different things. Trey Wingo joining us on the Tim Donnelly Show live from Radio Row, sitting in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. I love this guest chair, by the way. It, Say it one more time. Who's it brought by? Pitbull Tobacco. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and while we have you here, before we get to we give everyone in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. Say it again for the people in the back. Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. We give everyone the opportunity that sits there to, to, to make a pick. Before we get to that, uh, we're in Phoenix, and, and Kevin Durant's probably, I don't know, the house shopping looking looking in the area where is he going to stay can we just say this real quickly when do we blame kevin durant for this right he said i want this guy james harden get him he said i want Kyrie. get him he said listen i'll sign with you but i won't play for a while because i'm recovering no problem the whole thing imploded kevin durant is arguably the best player in the nba i understand that but at what point do we say this is all on you, bro. There's a rule. If you're tall enough and you shoot well enough, yeah. we don't blame you. Well, guess what? I'm blaming him. <laughs> he set this whole thing up in New Jersey or Brooklyn. It's a freaking disaster. And now he's got to prove that he can win without the Golden State Warriors. Trey, we, we, we appreciate your time. Before we let you out of him, I'm, I'm leery to In say, the Pitbull chair, let's go. Pitbull tobacco in my oh. guest chair. Yes, that was Trey Wingo barking. During our interview at Radio Row. Uh, can't make it up, right? That's why we're bringing you this look back at Radio Row, because it's gold. More of it coming up next right here on 94.1. Don't go anywhere. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are not slowing down the conveyor belt at all. Today is all about pumping information into the atmosphere. We are trying to get as many of these interviews as much as as, uh, as we possibly can uh, out to you over the airwaves here on 94.1, including this conversation we had at, out in Phoenix with Mike Pritchard of VSIN, who also happens to be the college teammate and college roommate of Eric Bieniemy. Enjoy this combo. Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver, first-round draft pick, and currently the lead analyst for VSIN. The sports betting network. You can get his his analysis and insights at vcin.com. Uh, 
Mike, appreciate it. First appreciate of all, appreciate you, Tim. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming by. Um, I think I did my math right on this one. You're a Colorado guy. Eric Bieniemy is a Colorado guy. Right. So you guys were were teammates. We were roomies. Roommates. We even. were roommates. We were recruited the same year. Even yep. better. Yeah. Uh, and and drafted the same year. Yep. First round, second round. So yes. so you obviously know Coach Bieniemy. You yeah. know, uh, going way back. You know him right. pretty well. He's like a brother to me. To well, be honest with you. Uh, how impressive is it for that offense and and that core group of Mahomes, Kelsey, Bienemy, Reed to to not miss a step when you lose a player like that? Well, I, I think it's remarkable. Um, I so this is what needed to happen, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, from an air raid standpoint in college at Texas Tech, he loves to get outside the pocket. He loves to create. And he loves to throw the ball down the field and, and make the big play, right, and uh, make the splash play. But that's not going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and they found that out against Cincinnati. Uh, and and though I, I think along the way, they needed to create patience for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and therefore, let's bring in some possession guys. Uh, let's slow down the offense. Let's make him matriculate. Let's make him survey the field and read uh, where he needs to go with the football and rely on his feet in the pocket. So that just turned into probably an MVP season for Patrick Mahomes and another Super Bowl appearance. So that's the genius of uh, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, understanding what Patrick needed to evolve to, and that was becoming a more patient quarterback. So uh, with those type of players around him, he's forced to be patient. Let those guys run with the football after the catch. And they were the number one team in the National Football League with yards after reception, yards after the catch. Uh, so it, it is phenomenal. It's, it's clicking. Uh, and now Patrick is, is seemingly healthier uh, going into the Super Bowl. Uh, last question here, and, and just because we started off uh, learning how close you were with, with Coach Bieniemy, uh it seems like anytime you talk about Coach Bieniemy, the, the question of a potential head coaching job is, is right around the corner, and it's been that way for three or four years. Right. Well, why, doesn't, why hasn't he been given that opportunity yet? You know, that's a great question. I wish I knew the answer to it. I mean – He's highly qualified and, and highly capable of being a head coach in the National Football League. Uh, I did talk to an individual yesterday, uh, and I guess he was tight with the situation in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eric was close to getting that job, as you recall. And they told me that, okay, well, Matt Rule, I guess, had a better interview. I, I don't know. Okay. But then my answer was like, well, Matt Rule's no longer there. Like, does an interview, got another try, does, yeah, yeah, does a better interview really matter? I mean, but it doesn't. I mean, I think I think you have to uh, evaluate if you're any NFL owner or any NFL team, evaluate if a player or a coach uh, is capable uh, and if he's qualified. Uh, and Eric is both of those uh, in spades. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a matter of time. It's just the right opportunity has to come along his way, though. And he got a couple impressive, uh, like, letters of recommendation last night, right? Like Mahomes, Reed, right. they're all saying, absolutely. It's like it's may, about, maybe trust those guys' opinions. Yeah, it's about damn time, right? I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Obviously, obviously, this is the Tim Donnelly Show. And obviously, obviously, that was our conversation with Mike Pritchard from uh, Super Bowl week, which obviously, obviously, all right, I'll stop that now. Uh, did come before Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator of Washington, but does still apply to his quest for uh, a head coaching job, which I do still believe he is still on that quest. I don't think he's given up that dream. So Mike Pritchard talking about his old college roommate, his old college teammate, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, coming up next, 12-year 
NFL safety veteran. His name is Andrew Sandejo, uh, and he settles some some debates about some Philly and Kansas City food. I just thought it was interesting, but also dives into what it's going to take in the NFL to stop Travis Kelsey. Right? Sounds easy, doesn't it? How to stop Travis Kelsey. Everybody says, when you play the Chiefs, you just have to stop Travis Kelsey. Well, Andrew Sandejo was was a safety in the league tasked with just that, and he gives insight coming up next. Another one of our lookbacks at an interview that we did during Super Bowl week here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Andrew Sandejo, 12-year NFL vet, safety, played uh, for a whole bunch of teams, Dallas, the Jets, Mini, Philly, Cleveland, and Indy. Uh, Andrew, appreciate you for stopping by, first of yeah, all. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to get the, the, the food questions out of the way first. You spent some time in Philly. I don't know if you heard. Juju Smith-Schuster said the best Philly cheesesteaks are not from Philly. How livid is that city with him right now? They're, they might kill that guy. <laughs> like, literally, he might not even make it till Sunday without a hit going out on him. That's what I said. I, I, like, if you want to talk trash to get under the other team, you get the whole city with one one sentence. And Philly, I was just talking about this. The Philly fan base, they do not care. They will fight <laughs> each other. They will fight their own mom. They, like, they literally don't care. All right. So so the, there's, there's one of the food questions. The other is, I just learned off air, you're, you're a Texas guy. Yes. Born and raised. Correct. Uh, Kansas City pretty proud of their their barbecue. Texas pretty proud of their barbecue. What's the what's the ranking? What's the compare and contrast? Uh, I I can't say that I've had barbecue in Kansas City, okay. and I'm actually not a huge barbecue guy. I grew right. up in San Antonio. We ate a lot of Mexican food, so okay. that was kind of more of my jam. All right, now now let's get to the the important stuff here. Everybody knows going into the Chiefs, <laughs> stop Kelsey, right? When he has the four touchdown games or the fourteen catch games, every analyst is sitting there saying. Well, they have to stop Kelsey as as if it were th- that easy. Right. What can you do to slow down somebody like that who seemingly gets it going every game? Sack the quarterback. That's that's <laughs> probably the best way because a lot of times too, uh, it's it's hard to, it's hard to game plan for them because you can watch all the all the film you want and you know what they're supposed to run, but a lot of it is they're freestyling and they're doing scramble drills. So at that point. You, you have to try to cover a guy for seven, eight seconds, and it's just it doesn't matter if you have two guys, three guys on him. You know? So the best way is just to get after the quarterback and, and make him have to throw those crazy, ridiculous throws. Uh, which he completes a little less which often. He, yes, exactly. It's still, it's, but that's why they have been doing so well ever since that guy's been the quarterback. So, Is, is, is there a conversation you have with the, the D-line or the, the edge rushers where you're like, hey, listen, man, you could really help me out this, this week if you it, could just get home a few the times? The coaches stress it all during the week of, like, keeping contained, you know, don't create lanes in the pocket for him to step up in. And uh, it's, it's just a hard task when there's a athletic quarterback that's mobile like that and – it, like it doesn't matter who he's played, he always creates extra time with his feet. So it's uh, you know we we give him we like to give him a little encouragement. The DNs are like some of the freakiest people in the world. So they're not people that you would want to get in their face and say like, <laughs> hey, you need to do better. Uh, you just say like, hey man, like we need you. Like please, please, yeah, please. <laughs> Andrew Sandeo, that's the voice you hear. Longtime NFL veteran in the the defensive backfield. I kind of put it, diva wide receiver in air quotes. Uh, and I, and I played at the college level. Why, why are defensive backs, you've been in those rooms a lot, why are they such chirpers? Why, why is the trash talk coming out of that room so often? It's probably because every DB in the league would say it's easy to play receiver. <laughs> See, exactly. It <laughs> takes two seconds. Like, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> we're like, look, we can't even touch you down the field. All the rules are in your favor. If we even breathe on you, it's a flag. They can literally review it to see if we – 
touched you like like what what kind of world do we live in you can't even touch the guy like it's football you know and so and then they get paid like 10 times as much as the db so it's like i think there's probably a little jealousy along there too that they get all the shine you know if we get burned like we're just getting roasted on on any social media and you know all the rules are in their favor so i you know if i have a son that plays football i'm going to tell him to play receiver there you go you, you, the, i tell running backs to learn to catch or backpedal because the, the money's on the edges yeah and, it, and if you can't backpedal catching is the, really the most important yeah catch it and yeah and and be hot in the red zone and that like you're scoring touchdowns everyone's gonna love you that was our conversation with Andrew Sandejo from Super Bowl week, leading up to Super Bowl week, Radio Row. Uh, by the way, if you like any of these interviews, many of them are trimmed down uh, from how we originally aired them during Radio Row week. Uh, so if you if you want to catch the full thing, they are available on our podcast page at Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com. Uh, you can check them all out right there on the interwebs, right? That's what the internet is good for, keeping everything, stores everything. It's written in ink. More of the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 is coming up next. So uh, please don't go anywhere because we have more interviews coming, some surprises, I'm sure. The names, they're big, and we enjoy talking with them, so we're giving you those interviews. Again, they're all from Radio Row. Uh, Back after this.